What up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from live from my very own bedroom. This is episode six of season two of Josh's Proximity. I know I've been off for a little minute. Uh, got a lot of things going on right now. I'm trying to transition into actually starting my own YouTube channel and incorporating video onto my podcast. I'm just about a couple days, maybe, away. Hopefully on episode seven or episode eight or nine around that time, I'll be able to incorporate some video into my podcast, man. I'm feeling really good, man. I got a couple things I want to talk to you about today. Of course, I got to talk about the Lakers. I got to talk about the Carson Wentz trade. And then we got to get to the all-star discussion. I'm seeing that people feel that Devin Booker is disrespected by not being in the all-star. But when you look at the West team, I mean, who are you taking out? All of that and then some on episode six, season two. Let's get to it. All right, so as I've been stating throughout this month of February, on each episode of Josh's Proximity, I got to give you a little black history fact. So a lot of you, I bet you didn't know this, but the very first heart surgeon was an African-American. He went by the name of Daniel Hale Williams. (laughs) A little tongue twister if you know me. I got a little list or whatever. He also funded the first black-owned hospital in America with an interracial staff. And and that hospital went by the name of Provident Hospital in 1891. So not only does he open up the first African-American hospital in 1891, but he turns around two years later and performs the first heart surgery. If that doesn't tell you about how destiny cannot be denied, I don't know what will then. And not only that, but he was also the first African-American physician to work for the city in Chicago. I feel like it's only right. You know, nowadays, um, wherever you go, you don't see a lot of black male doctors for whatever reason that may be. And the reason might be because we don't have the same opportunities. Maybe we just don't have people that is pouring into us telling us that we could be more than a drug dealer or a rapper or a baller. Whatever it may be, you know, a guy that is performing heart surgeries in the crooks of racism and the heighten of bigotry, uh, whatever you want to say, 1893, if you just go type in Daniel Williams, Daniel Hale Williams right now on Google, you look at this picture and you're like, man, this don't even look like a black dude. And for him to be able to open the first black owned hospital in the entire United States, It tells a lot about his character for him to be the first ever to successfully perform heart surgery. It tells a lot about his character. And the guy that he performed it on, his name was James Cornish that had a severe stab wound to his chest. (laughs) I mean, this is just amazing, man. It just goes to show you that not only black excellence, but, you know, just people that have been oppressed uh, just people that just don't have the necessary resources, they can find a way out, man. They can make a way out, and I seriously believe that. But let me go ahead and switch gears, man. Now, personally, I will admit this. I am not a huge fighting guy, okay? So what I mean by that is I don't watch a lot of UFC. I don't watch a lot of boxing unless it's like guys that's box office. Now, I will be the first to admit this. I believe Derek Lewis needs to go ahead and get a title shot. I mean, every time that you turn on UFC Fight Night and it has Derek Lewis, 
He is winning by some type of knockout. I am sick of tired of him being on UFC fight night. Like, why is he not getting the main event now? <laughs> Hello? Why is he not why is he not fighting for the, the heavyweight championship? I don't even know who who even holds the UFC heavyweight championship. But I mean, he, I know he's beating the number two. I know he's beating the number three. When is he going to go ahead and get the title shot? Like, what are we waiting for? I feel like a lot of the times, you know, when it comes to the fighting business, if you're not a guy that's making really big noise, if you're not a guy that's really knocking people out, then it's really hard for you to get a chance, a chance at the title shot. I mean, Derek Lewis has been doing this for the last couple of fights. And I believe, man, he definitely has the funniest post-fight commentary. Let's take a little listen. I forgot a few hours before the fight, Donald Trump called me and told me I got knocked this Russian motherfucker out because they're making him look bad on the news. You know, him and Putin and shit. Fuck what they're talking about. USA and this hoe. Fuck. <laughs> uh, now, I apologize for not going ahead and giving y'all a little fair warning that it was explicit. <laughs> but I apologize. I will make sure that this one, uh, this episode definitely has explicit content on it. I apologize in advance, and also I don't own any rights. That was obviously UFC, giving them a little shout out. But let me go ahead and transition, man, because a lot of interesting things have happened in the National Football League within the past couple of days, man. When you look at what's going on with the Houston Texans organization, they might be the most poorly ran organization in the entire National Football League. If not, they're at least tied with the New York Jets. Now, I don't know what's going on. You know, obviously, ownership has a lot to do with it. But the Texans organization, I don't, I don't like how they do, you know, all of their superstars. Look at how they did Andre Johnson. Look how J.J. Watt wants to leave. And if you look at Deshaun Washington, now he wants to leave. I mean, this, this solely falls on the organization and the structure of the NFL team, the McNair families, you got to go. Now, if I was one of the, the other 31 owners, if it's possible, I'm voting them out of there. Because if you just look at all of the, the racism, now we all know majority of the NFL owners, just any owners of any baseball, basketball, National Football League team, majority of them are racist. Like, let's just be upfront. But... I mean, at the end of the day, just what the McNair families have said from Bob McNair saying we can't let the, the prisoners run the asylum. Like, what? And look how they did DeAndre Hopkins. They let him go for a second-round pick and a running back? I mean, I don't see where they – I don't see them doing anything within the next 10 to 15 years unless they get a, a franchise-changing quarterback, unless they get a general manager who can actually construct a team. They're going to be in the same position they are in for the next 15 years. I stamped that. Now, let's go ahead and talk to some trade talk. So, the Colts have traded for Carson Wentz, man. They gave up a 2020, this year's third round, and a conventional 2022 next year second round pick. Now, that can transition from a second round to a first round if Carson Wentz can play 75% of the Colts snap. Now, that is asking a lot of Carson Wentz, man. I'm sorry to say it, but he's broken up. He was injured in college, and now he's injured in the National Football League. 
His confidence is shaken. You know, I'm a Christian. He's a, he's a follower of Christ too. But, I mean, if you just look at when it was time for him to compete, he didn't want to compete. And there's multiple reports from ESPN, from Fox Sports, saying that Carson Wentz and the head coach didn't talk for eight to ten months. What? How do y'all go from coaching on and playing on the same team and y'all don't even talk? A quarterback doesn't talk to his head coach? Like, what are we talking about? I love – I do love the trade because Carson Wentz is younger, but I don't think that he'll perform at the MVP level that he did when he played for Philly back in 2017 when they won it all. I'm sorry, those days are long gone. You know, they don't have the receivers. They got a Michael Pitt, Pittman Jr. They got T.Y. Hilton, but, like, like, come on, let's be real. He's washed. They're tied in. Who do they got? Uh, I can't think of his – I think it's, like, Orton or something like that. He's okay. They got a great running game. They got a great line. But outside of that, they got to they have to add more weapons to Carson Wentz. I don't see it. I see them being a 10 and 16, 11 and 5. You know, they're going to win the AFC South. They oh, oh, I can't even say that. They might win the AFC South because the Tennessee Titans are still playing very good football out there. But you know, they'll be in the top 2 every year in the AFC South running. But I mean, how much stock are we putting in Carson Wentz? He stays hurt. Go look at last year. He had more turnovers than any other quarterback in the National Football League, and he didn't play the last three games, three or four games. He missed a month of football. He was sacked more than any other quarterback in the National Football League, and he had more turnovers than any quarterback in the National Football League, and he didn't play the last four games. Now, regardless if that comes down to the talent around you or even the offensive line, the way that he's turning the rock over, like, what are we talking about? He's a very good quarterback, top 10, maybe. But, I mean, uh, no. And then there's reports that Big Ben is coming back. Now, I was on here a couple of episodes back. I said that the Steelers would lose to the Washington football team because they're just not that good, quite frankly. They pick up Dwayne Haskins, but if it's me, if I am Mike Tomlin, if I'm the general manager of the Steelers, I'm looking for a quarterback in a draft. I'm sorry, Big Ben, but you really – I'll say this. When it was hot, when it was at the beginning of the year, Big Ben looked like an MVP. Them receivers, they looked great. Towards the middle of the season, when it started getting cold and that elbow needed a hot pack, <laughs> and that back needed some icy hot, oh, yeah. The big, the real big man started the show. I don't know what it is with these old quarterbacks that's not named Tom Brady. Drew Brees, what are you waiting on a retirement announcement for? A week before the season? Like, come on, man. Your wife even knows you're done. Your coach knows you're done. The entire National Football League knows you're done. What are you waiting for? Big Ben, come on, man. I know that. <laughs> and not even on that, Big Ben has the largest one of the largest salary cap hits this year, 41 million, 41 million this year. The Pittsburgh Steelers are required to pay him if they don't reconstruct his contract. Come on now. Like a lot of this stuff just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Big Ben, you need to go. Drew Brees, go ahead and retire. 
the Colts, I think that you, I can give you a B minus for this trade because you're looking at all the upside. You're looking at all the potential. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, what are we talking about, man? Let me go ahead and transition because I'm starting to see a trend in the Los Angeles Lakers that I really don't like. And I'm going to go ahead and read the stats to you. You got a guy in saw that we picked up because we let JaVale McGee walk and we let Dwight Howard walk. So we pay Gasol, and he's playing 20 minutes a game. He's giving you four points and four rebounds a game. For 20 minutes a game, he can only give me four points? Wesley Matthews, we picked you up because we let go of Danny Green. You can't buy a bucket, man. 21 minutes, five points. Wide open shots, clank. Wide open clank. KCP, clank. You playing 26 minutes a game and you can only give me nine points? And you're a starter. What the hell is going on? I'm not understanding this. Clank, clank, clank. I mean, and the shots that they taking, they wide open. Everybody trashed and and talked down on Danny Green during the bubble. But these dudes, just, they just can't buy a bucket from the three. And it's starting to get real scary. You look at the games they played against the Brooklyn Nets. That was really a blowout. I mean, they only lost by 11 points. But if you really go back and watch the game, that game was not close at all. You go look at the Nuggets game. If we can't hit threes while we are wide open, I mean, there's nothing that the Lakers can do. I'm sorry. There's just nothing that they could do. Oh, let me stop saying we. I will admit this. <laughs> I'm a LeBron James fan, and I'm a Hornets fan. So when I say we, I'm a, you know, wherever LeBron goes, that's who I'm associating with. So, yeah, we. We look terrible. LeBron James. He's averaging 3.9 turnovers a game. Four turnovers a game. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then you start to look. The Lakers really don't have anybody on that secondary team that can really facilitate the offense. If LeBron isn't in, and if he's while he's resting, if Anthony Davis isn't on the court, Alice Caruso, he can do a little bit, but he's not really getting the offense in the flow. I mean, just go look. They play the Jazz tonight. Everybody just watch the games. Watch it closely. They play the Trailblazers the following game. They play the Warriors, then they play the Suns. These next four games are going to be tough. Just watch it. Watch how when LeBron leaves the court, the offense is just stagnant. Somebody go get a bucket. Kyle Kuzma, I love what he's doing, but we need more consistency. And he's been really consistent this year. His defense is well up to par, and he's putting the ball in a, in a hoop. But who else is scoring with them? Montrez Harrell. We paid you. We need more out of you. Hello? Secondary team. THT. No. Stop trying to play hero ball. Play within the offense. You can go get you a bucket every now and then. But too much hero ball, that's not your game, guy. I'm sorry. The big thing that I believe that the Lakers need in order to repeat as champions, they need another dominant big. I'm nervous, man. When you look at Nikola Jokic, when you look at the Jazz, the big guys, I mean, if Anthony Davis isn't in, the Lakers really don't have anybody that is going to protect the rim. 
Now, Boogie is on the free agent. He's on the market. I would do everything in my power to try to re-sign him. You got to. You got to make another shot at him. He was down in Houston playing great ball. Lakers are just top heavy. Dennis Schroeder. I mean, uh, yeah, I like I like the pick. And I like what we was doing at the beginning of the year. But now I'm starting to see, man, can't nobody hit a shot. We don't have any shooters. We don't have anybody that can run the second team. When LeBron is off the floor, that's when they struggle mightily. Go look at the Clippers when they put their bench in. Go look at the Nets. Like, this, 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 is, this is terrifying. I don't know if anybody else is nervous, but I am, I am wildly, insanely nervous. And since we're on basketball, might as well keep it there, right? Now, there has been a lot of discussions on whether Devin Booker should be all-star worthy. Now, when I think of it, but just think of the name Devin Booker. What's the first thing you think of? All-star, right? Of course. I believe that he should be an all-star. But when you look at this list of the 2021 roster, I mean, who are you taking out? Just look at the West. You got Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic. You got Chris Paul, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell. Zion Williamson, maybe you could say Paul George. I mean, Paul George, let's be real. I mean, I, yes, who are you taking, Paul George or Devin Booker? Right now, I know that Paul George in the last couple of years has had some serious meltdowns in the playoffs. But there's no way I'm taking Paul George, there's no way I'm taking Devin Booker over Paul George. Paul George has the ability to be a top 10, top 8 player in the National Basketball Association. I can't say that about Devin Booker. The most I can say is top 12. Top 10? No. I don't think I'll ever be able to say that about uh, Devin Booker. Then you go look at the East. Now, if he played in the East, without a doubt, Devin Booker would be in the All-Star. Uh, and then I see, I hear a lot of people, they're mad at because Trey Young didn't get into the all-star in the East. But go look at the East. Kevin Durant. Are you taking I'ma name these names and I want you to tell me who are you taking Trey Young over? Trey Young over Kevin Durant. Stop it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Bradley Bill. He's averaging 32 this year. Joel Embiid. Kyrie Irvin. Jalen Brown has had an outstanding year. Yes, his team is below 500. But I mean Jalen Brown has given has shown and given you all the the eye he's passed all the eye tests. He's definitely an all-star this year. Just this year. James Harden. Come on now. Zach Levine. You we seen what Zach Levine has been doing. Julius Randle. The Knicks are in all are in the playoffs right now. <laughs> like, they are a playoff contending team. Ben Simmons. Maybe. No. Jason Tatum. Come on. Heck no. Now Vucevic, I can give you that. But you you know how the All-Star goes. They need a center. That's the only reason why Vucevic is in. That's the only reason why Rudy Gobert is in. Like, it's kind of hard for the NBA not to put three centers in when it comes to the All-Star. But, I mean, Trey Young, I'm not taking him over anybody other than Vucevic. But, like I said, you need a center in, in the All-Star. And Devin Booker? I don't see him going over Zion. I don't see him going over his teammate Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, no. Damian Lillard, no. 
Paul George, maybe I could give you that. Anthony Davis, no. Leonard, no. Nikola Jokic, no. Luka, Steph, and Bron Bron? Yes, I feel like Trey Young and Devin Booker is disrespected. Not even just Devin Booker, Damian Lillard. But when you look at these people, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, uh, Devin Booker, I'm sorry. You're not a top 10 player in the National Basketball Association. And it's just that simple. I mean, you know, the rest of these guys, they're not top 10. But majority of them are definitely top 10. I'm sorry, Devin Booker, but you're just not. And since we're talking about a top 10 player, let me go ahead and reveal my three MVPs so far in the league. Number one right now, I got to go with Joel Embiid. When you look at what the East is and just look at how everybody thinks he should be playing, he's checking off on everything. He can score. He doesn't miss free throws. He can shoot from the three. He can post you up. He can bang with you. He can play defense. My, my second one, I got to go with LeBron. I mean, he's keeping his team afloat. They're the second in the West. But what I would like to see more from LeBron, th- throughout this entire stretch where Anthony Davis is off, I need he- him to insert himself more. I need him to be more dominant. And I really hope it starts tonight against the Jazz. And you see that against the Trailblazers and the Warriors and the Suns, the next four games. Like, that's what we need, LeBron. And in my third pick, I got to go with James Harden. If you look at the Nets, now everybody's going to say, Josh, how can you give somebody who's on a team that prolific an MVP? I mean, why wouldn't you? James Harden has, has given up more than any of those other two stars. He's, give, he's not taking as many shots as Kyrie. He's really not taking the last shot like KD or even Kyrie. And he's passing the ball at an at a outstanding level. Wild averaging 25 points. Like, we, we got to put some respect on James Harden, man. He's leading the league in assists. Without a doubt, right now, those are the three that I believe are the front runners for the NBA. Ooh, I could throw in Damian Lillard in there, too, and even Stephen Curry. But right now, my three, Joel Embiid, LeBron James, and James Harden. So without further ado, like I said, man, this really concludes episode six of season two with Josh's proximity. Ah, I'm like I said earlier, I'm so so close to adding video. Uh, thank you for listening, man. And yeah, let's get to it.